I forget how we start these things, actually. How do we open it? What's up? And welcome to Living the Damn Dream. We're keeping that in, actually. I was like so hyped up. We're back, guys. And as you can tell, we're still ironing out a couple of wrinkles. Uh, Living the Damn Dream is back after a little hiatus. I'm one of your hosts, Mike. And I'm your other host, Sarah. It's been, Sarah, how long was it since we did our last episode? Was it, it's over a month, I think, A little, right? I think it's been a, a little over a month. Um, so we went a little longer than we thought, but I did, also did not anticipate um, leaving another state and going cross country. So it became impossible to actually record, not just like because of time stuff, but because I did not have my equipment. Right, exactly. So can't do a podcast if you don't have the podcasting stuff, but we're back now and We've got a lot of ground to cover because uh, Sarah's been up to a million things. I've luckily been up to uh, almost as many, but it's been uh, an exciting month for us both. Thank you guys for, I guess, allowing us the hiatus. We'll see how many people are still listening or subscribing now that we're back. Sarah, I'm are you scared. worried that people have just forgotten about us? Maybe, but I feel like if we start posting about it again, um, we will notice maybe that people are coming back. I have no idea. We're going to see. Yeah, it's either one of those things where they forget about you, out of sight, out of mind, or absence makes the heart grow fonder. So because Sarah and I always need validation, uh, just hit us up on social media and let us know if you're happy that we're back or not. I mean, we should say we did have one person hit us up, um, and this was really cool, and we're going to actually be bringing her on the podcast. Um, so she reached out and just said, hey, I love your podcast. Um, I basically became a creative recently and I'd love to share my story. And so we'll be bringing her on. But like, see, you never know if you reach out um, because you're inspired or you have questions. We do see you. We hear you. Um, and we are excited to, you know, bring one of our very own listeners. What? We have one? Yes. Um, to the show, you know, in the next month or so. Yeah, because that was kind of our mission at the beginning of this whole show, right, was to teach people, inspire people, uh, show them what it's like to be in this line of work that we're in with all the cool, fun stories and everything that we have, too. But for someone to actually in the middle of the pandemic, and we'll get into her whole story in a couple weeks, but to give up her job or career track to now become someone totally different professionally is awesome. That's what we wanted this show to be. So we'll get to that uh, down the road. But for now... We're just going to do a little catch up and let you guys know what we have been up to. Um, if you haven't been keeping uh, tabs on us, social media wise or whatever. And if there's anything we've learned over this last uh, month plus uh, doing what we do that maybe we can share with you guys that could be worthwhile. But Sarah, first things first, uh, Display Fest is in the books. You were cranking out a ton of content for the last month and change. Um, how did it go? Are you still like... I don't know. Are you standing? How are you doing after this last crazy month for you? Yeah. And tell was, us what it was you were doing. Yeah. So for anyone that's been following the journey, and even if you haven't and you're new, I'll just bring you up to speed very quickly. Uh, essentially, during the pandemic, I started a job for a company called Sue and basically was hosting a remote talk show from my living room. Sue is a social media platform. The difference with the platform from other social media apps is that they pay you to post. You make a percentage of the ad revenue that's actually generated on your content. So you see that money back. Um, and, you know, they have a channel that's essentially by creators for creators. So, for instance, like if Instagram were to have a television channel within Instagram that is showing some of the creatives that are doing cool work 
on Instagram, it would be sort of like a talk show about, you know, how they create content, you know, showing their content, showing the behind the scenes, all that kind of stuff. And that's essentially, you know, what I was doing, but for this social media app called Sue. Then we rebranded, I mean, about two months ago at this point, we did a quick rebrand um, and it became display. We decided to launch from beta to, you know, being in the app store. So along with that launch, I moved to Connecticut. Um, I use moved loosely because I still have my apartment in New York and it was supposed to be a pretty quick temporary month long thing. Um, but what was one month turned has now turned into three months since I've been home really. Um, but I came to Connecticut where the company is headquartered, um, started working out of the studio in Connecticut doing the same show that I had been doing, but just, uh, in a in-person setting, obviously my guests were still remote. Um, and then the whole reason for me going to Connecticut was so that we could do a new show, which was in the evenings, um, that would sort of take on this, um, lunch party feel so it was going to be a a two-hour show where there was going to be trivia there was going to be um interviews and performances by rising stars um and also some of your favorite artists so um you know recognizable musicians and and things like that um and i i've been kind of calling it sort of like a trl style show because it's it's kind of like a clip show where we're showing again music um, performances and then kind of dissecting them, talking about the artist, um, hearing from the artists themselves. And then we ended up weaving in some stand-up comedy, some dance performances as well, because again, it's social media. It's not just music. It's all kinds of, um, you know, creatives. And so that's sort of what it turned into. Um, and then it evolved. Like as we booked bigger and bigger artists, by the end, we had people like Snoop Dogg who did 10 songs. Heard, heard of them? Yeah, we had Saweetie, we had Fabulous, Fat Joe, Lil Dirk, um, Polo G. I mean, th- these are people that also just showed me that I am really not hip with the times because I <laughs> literally was like, I'm sorry, who? And then I would go on Instagram and they'd have like 10 million followers. And I was like, I don't know anything anymore. Um, we had Ice Ice Cube. Yeah, it was really, I mean, we got incredible, incredible artists. And so as we grew sort of like we outgrew uh, the studio space in Connecticut and, you know, the team decided that they wanted to fly to Los Angeles to do the final two weeks of the launch um, party show that we were calling Display Fest. Um, So all of a sudden we all flew out to Los Angeles. We shot out of a studio in Long Beach called Thunder Studios. Um, I had co-hosts like um, Kyle Massey, who if you're familiar with... um, that's so Raven was on there. He was, he was, um, Corey in the house, Corey from Corey in the house. Um, I co-hosted with Ray J Snoop Dogg's son came in and hosted one day. His name's Cordell Brodus. Um, so we had all kinds of people. Um, one of the singer songwriters who performed, she came and co-hosted her name's Lauren Elise. So it, yeah, it really turned into, we had our own in-house DJ every single day, co- sort of like a house band that you would see on a late night show. So we had different DJs. Like I had Janet Jackson's tour DJ, like spinning me in and out. I had the guy who spun for JLo's 40th birthday party. Um, so just like really cool people. It was the production value was like really incredible. 
Um, and it was a great, great, great experience. However, I will say that the show evolved from being like two hours a night, which Mike, you know, being live for two hours is already insane to there are days that I was live for longer than four hours. It was like a four hour live stream. So my voice is still recovering because while I, I do know that, you know, high energy doesn't necessarily mean you have to be high volume. It was very hard for me to separate the two in that setting and keep it all going in this sort of like hype woman sort of vibe that I was trying to achieve in my presence there. But I mean, it was, it was amazing. I was writing all my own script, like aside from the trivia where I had some help with that, just because I, I basically was like to the trivia writer who was writing the questions. I was like, I need help with banter. I just cannot be writing a four hour show and also trivia banter. So she was super helpful. So I got to work with her, but then I was writing for, you know, I was writing my scripts every night. There was also obviously a large portion that was improvised. It wasn't like I was writing reactions to performances and things like that. So it was, it was a great experience. It really taught me what it looks like to be live for a every single like even when I was hosting HQ I was never the regular host so I wasn't doing ever you know really five shows a week maybe four at at the high points but not for as many weeks straight as I just did Mm -hmm. um and neither was I doing that length of time like HQ is a 10 to 15 minute thing like two to four hours is a wildly wildly different experience um so it was it was incredible um it was really incredible they canceled or not canceled but the daytime show that I was supposed to be doing simultaneously, they were like, yeah, you can't do both. And I was we're just like, going to have yeah. you do a 24 hour live stream for a month straight. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah. So I, we, 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 as soon as we started display fest, I think we were like one, maybe even half a weekend. And they were like, okay, we're going to, we're going to put a pin in that. So now, you know, the aftermath and I'll let you also like dive in and ask some questions, but like the aftermath and like where we are at now is that sort of the two shows have morphed into one. So what was my show before is now becoming display fest display fest is going to be called my previous show's name, which is today. So today on display, but like, it's essentially, they were meant to be the same thing in essence. Like, you know, I am interviewing up and coming artists. Obviously there will hopefully be some people that are recognizable mixed in, and letting them perform, showcasing their music videos, that sort of thing. Show we had World of Dance, um, you know, performers on and competing. So we're gonna do obviously try to continue some dance, even some visual arts if there's a way to implement that. So once we're hopefully moving right now, I'm in Connecticut again, but we're hoping to get a studio space in New York solidified pretty soon so that I can move over there. And then people in New York can actually come by the studio and do some in-person stuff so it's not remote and perform in person and interview in person. And that's sort of the goal of all this, but trivia is continuing the format as it is, is continuing. Um, but only for, it's going to be a 90 minute show every weeknight, um, rather than trying to stretch two to four hours. Rather than four hours. Yeah. That's probably the best for your sanity and everyone, everyone else is involved too. Yeah. So what was your, uh, and we'll get into a bunch of my stuff too, but you've been the one really grinding lately. What was your, what was your favorite part? Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think I had a moment. I think it was like, I, I just learned a lot about, and this is where I think hopefully this can help someone 
I place very unrealistic high expectations on myself that no one else is placing on me. So when I first started this, I had, I'd set the bar really high for myself as to having to write brand new jokes and material every single night. And you can't do that. Like, I mean, that's why people that are late night hosts have a writer's room. Like I'm not meant to be doing, and they're not even doing a four hour show. So like, how am I supposed to be writing, performing and doing this for four hours every day, like with brand new material, it's impossible. Like you burn out. And so it was really finding like the lesser version of that, that like still made me excited and made me feel like I was coming up with new stuff, but also like understanding that like, I'm not meant to be a genius every single night. (laughs) Like, you know, like I had my moments and I was like, oh great, that was, spontaneous and fun or oh I have this idea for a joke I'll throw that in there but you know by the end of it like I was really copying and pasting like a lot of the format was the same so I was copying and pasting my scripts and then going back in and sort of like tailoring some new stuff where it made sense but like really trying to enjoy the performance more and like worrying less about um you know prepping so much for it in terms of like advanced writing it ahead of time and yeah just really trying to be in the moment and like finding those authentic beats and and scaling back a little and like handing stuff over to the co-host and not feeling like I had to take the lead all the time um so I think those were the biggest wins for me were just like and just really appreciating the fact that I finally was doing I was the lead host I was living the damn dream. Every, <laughs> no, plug. seriously, though. This is what we work towards, right? Yeah. Like, you know, doing something that we love on a regular basis. We're like, I'm not, a, I wasn't afraid of, lo- like, all these other jobs I've had either have had a finite amount of time and I knew they were ending or I wasn't hosting them as regularly or, like, I was an alternate. Like, this was the first time I really got to step into a role, um, take, the lead on it um and make it my own without fear of you know a contract expiring and like i you know at the end of the day it could it could expire anytime and it is a startup we have no idea what that's gonna look like you know they could call it off at any moment but it was not it was letting go of that and just like really enjoying the fact of what i had and being present for it and i think that was like the biggest thing for me yeah, I've been finding that myself too in this new, uh, one of the new things that I'm doing with the Mets that I'll talk about more in a second is this post-game show. And I find when preparing for it toward the end of the actual game, I'm, there's times where I'm doing more research and planning and prepping and looking for stats and things instead of just actually watching the game I'm supposed to be talking about when it's over and not, yeah, being in that moment and enjoying it. And that's that sort of master level of, hosting is being present enough. That's how you ask the best questions or have the best reactions or have the best, uh, I guess, performance is being in what it is that you're supposed to be talking about instead of always planning and prepping and researching when the thing you're talking about is happening right in front of you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing it's, and it's marrying the two because you absolutely need to do your, I'm not saying don't do your research. Don't find your stats. Like I needed to look up artist bios, particularly because some of these artists I wasn't as familiar with, but then I needed to actually listen to the performance when it was happening 
and and like also be honest about some of that like I don't need to come off like I'm the most that's what I had other people there for who like that is their genre of music like they were singing along with the lyrics so I could be like like why was this guy like how did you know about this person and they were like oh like they had a viral hit on this on on TikTok like they were blowing up the summer and I was like oh my god like how did I, you know, and it's just like really reacting to that and also just having a genuine, yeah, reaction to the performance and in, in the moment and being like, okay, those lyrics were pretty tight. Like I don't normally, you know, it was actually hearing it and experiencing it, reading the crowd, like we had a live chat. So like reading that, oh my God, I guess that's another funny, I should just say really fast. Um, so, you know, a lot of the artists were driving traffic towards the app. That was part of the deal that like they would post to their social platforms. Hey, I'm performing on this app, tune in. And uh, there was such a difference in the different fans coming in. Mm. And my, it was such a bummer. My last day, the finale show, the fans were horrible. Oh, horrible. no. That they sucks. came in. It reminded me of old school HQ where they were like such bullies. Remember I used to do those like mean tweets videos? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, they were shitting on me. They were like this girl has no idea what she's talking about. She's never listened to this music a day in her life. And like, you know, I had to let it roll off me because they were they were pissed too because the artist had decided to only do one 3-minute song. He also had posted the wrong time for them to tune in. So they had been there for like two hours waiting for this guy to perform. Like it was kind of a mess. And then they were, they came on my social media and they were like, how dare you not tell us that he was performing? Like, oh boy. like you know, and it's not, it's, it's, it is what it is. So I was really grateful to have had the experience of HQ and being bullied before because I was able to like, let that roll off of me and not like, of course it did impact would I have liked to have had a really supportive, beautiful final show? Yes. And like, <laughs> you know, did it definitely like impact my mood? A little. Did it affect me personally? No. Like I didn't take any of those comments to heart. But yeah, it was that was another funny thing that I experienced again was that real time chat. Doesn't it suck that the fact you can say I've had experience being bullied for ho as a host before helped me for this job? Like, why is that even a thing we have to say or think about? But welcome to, to hosting in the Internet. It's uh, it is what it is, I guess. But yeah, cool. Well, it sounded like an awesome month. So what's and, and I still don't know how you were doing all your own social media content, too, on top of everything else. because You were putting a lot of stuff out there. It's every, very Mike, I'm still posting six days a week. It's crazy. crazy. That's you know, wild. And I think that we should devote another episode to this at some point soon because I've learned a lot about social media. And it's, again, I'm not doing a whole lot of work. It's finding the lesser version. I've shown up. But here's the thing. I, I have been abstaining from Twitter. I just couldn't do it all. I was like, my goal this month was to really make sure my Instagram presence was there. And I've grown at least a 1,000 followers on Instagram in the last month because of it. All and, right. and, and I had a, I will talk about the, actually, maybe this is a good segue into you. <laughs> we both had some viral, um, social media success in the last month. I have a reel that's approaching a million views at this point. You have a tweet that hit what's it up to now? Oh man, I got to check. Um, cause I turned off all my notifications cause they were just getting so annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'll get into this in a little bit more uh, detail uh, later, but let's see. Um, yeah, right now I had a tweet a couple days ago that's not, those are old numbers. 
that's the other thing too. All these numbers are so like, just they make them up. So one day to another could be completely um, incorrect. Uh, come on. You're scrolling. Where is it? I am yeah. scrolling. Here we go. 17.5 thousand retweets and 103,000 likes uh, for a tweet that I sent out three days ago. So, and it was picked up on like men's humor's Instagram. They put a screenshot on the main post to their 3 million followers. I was the pinned post on the Reddit thread, white people, Twitter. I don't know if that's a compliment or not um, for a while that had like a hundred thousand upvotes. So um, yeah, I guess we've been having some social media experiences, let's say recently, but you're right. Let's say that for a different episode. Cause you were working with that consultant, right? For a while. Yeah, um, yeah. So you've learned a lot of lessons that I think people will want to hear. Um, and we can do a whole episode to that soon. Yeah, no. So I, I mean, I kept it really consistent. I wanted to show people what I was doing plus keep, um, some of my own content creation going. And I was able to do that in a way that was not stressful. And that's really cool to me to have found. And then I'll just say lastly that like, yeah, I had talked about booking out with my agent. Um, so that was something that I had done for the month of May. So I wasn't being sent any auditions because I just recognized the fact that I was going to be too busy. However, Display Fest was so successful that an investor decided to purchase an extra week in LA so we were, we extended to five weeks. So that's why we came back a week late here on the podcast. And my agent obviously had, st you know, started submitting me again. So I had to deal with jobs coming in that were shooting the same week that I was going to mm -hmm. be doing stuff in LA. And that was its own headache because I was, I didn't know what to do. So I just was like, you know what, until I have a firm job offer on the table, I'm going to tape for all of these. Like, so I was taping for, I taped for a Volvo commercial. I taped for two others. Oh, nice. I got a call back for one that I had to do from the, I didn't even have good light in my room. I didn't have my equipment. So I was doing it by the pool outside. Like it was, a, it was his own sort of challenging thing, but you know what? I didn't book any of them, Mike. And so oh, I had no. to deal with having like, <laughs> As far as my agent knows at this point, like I was available. I showed up in a, like, I still did my best audition, excuse me, for those casting directors. And I'm really happy. Like, cause I was like, what are the odds that I would book? Like, you know, the odds of booking, we've talked about them on here. It's like, it's, it's hard to book. Like I'm flattering myself if I think that I'm going to like book all three of these jobs and have conflicts. Like I might as well do it. And then if I have two job offers on the table, like I get to use that as a negotiating point and figure out what's going to happen. So I, I took those auditions. Um, you know, I'm happy that I'm back in on the East coast and I, I can definitely take some jobs. I'm shooting something next week, um, for like a how to job for a furniture company that I got on backstage. Um, I, I also was doing a series of like videos for, this focus group that like kind of came in as a regular gig where I had to like read in a neutral voice and that ended up being a recurring job. I've now done it for them four times. So oh, nice. We've talked about that on the show here when you first started with that exactly. thing. Yeah. How do you do a neutral voice? That's the whole point is to not be neutral in our exactly. business. Exactly. So yeah, so you. I've been like juggling. It's, it's crazy. I've been juggling some other jobs along the way. So it's been, it's been great. I'm glad to settle back in and yeah. Tell me a little bit about your own craziness. Um, well, I'll, I'll kind of go in reverse of importance, um, and go back to that tweet we were talking about, right? Cause it's funny how you said, it, and you've got the, the reel that you posted on Instagram, that's up to near a million people. And, and the one thing 
I wasn't planning. I thought, I think all my tweets are good tweets, right? I expect them all to go viral because I think they're all hilarious or amusing or whatever. But then when one finally does, what happens, and we've talked about this in the past on this show, and this is just proof positive because this is the biggest tweet I've ever had. The impressions are like through the roof. The amount of people who have seen this, um, John Cryer, I saw the guy from Two and a Half Men and I think Sweet or Pretty in Pink, whatever, he retweeted it. So like other celebrities were getting into it. And I started getting texts from friends, from family members who were seeing it on other platforms. Like, well, Mike, this must be amazing. Like you're blowing up. Like your career is never going to be the same. You must be getting so much money. Um, are you verified now? How many followers are you getting? And the answer to all of that is like, nothing changes. All that changes is trolls are now in my mentions sending me screenshots of Fox News photoshops of people dying from taking the vaccine. It was a vaccine related um, tweet. Or I'm getting people telling me I'm an idiot. Then people telling me I'm a genius. Um, both sides of the political okay. spectrum arguing against me, even though supposedly they would like, for example, <clears throat> I'll just read you the tweet in case you're not familiar with it to give everything context here. Um, me taking the COVID vaccine as early as I possibly could because it was the right thing to do and getting a sticker for it versus everyone who refused now getting free cars and beers and millions of dollars to take it has some real high school group project energy. That's the tweet that's gone crazy. Um, it's just, it's a joke. And if you look on my Twitter, like nothing I ever say is that serious. It's all very tongue in cheek. It's whatever. But that tweet I had like, progressives, Democrats, that like the left coming at me and saying, oh, you're probably against uh, you know, free healthcare. You're probably the same guy that doesn't wanna see people get their student loans forgiven because you've already paid yours off and that's not fair. Then I have people on the other side, on the right telling me, oh, you're such a, such a snowflake. You're so sensitive. Like who cares about how you wanna get a vaccine? Like no one cares about this. So opposite sides of the spectrum are taking whatever it is I'm saying and using it for their own thing, which is just another reminder that nothing that happens online is healthy or real or whatever. But there was a, there was a beautiful first hour there where everybody retweeting, it was like, yes, this, I agree with it, of course. And then, then they turn on you, Sarah. That's how social media goes. No one's ever back behind you 100% all the time. But it got to the point where I just turned off the notifications. I didn't see any of it. Let the tweet like have its life cycle. But no, anyone curious, I got maybe like 20 new followers out of the whole experience and no money, no blue check mark. That's not how this works. So we've talked about that before. Don't hit your wagon to one viral post on any social media platform, it's probably not going to get you uh, the career success that you're hoping for. Just a lot of headaches. Um, anything from you on the, on your reel besides those new followers on Instagram, or you think that's more of like your holistic I think overall it's both. approach? I think it's, I've given them a body of work because I've been so consistent to come back to. And that's why, yeah. and, and here's the thing, Mike, and this is what I'll say, and this is a testament to what you're doing too. You're showing up on Twitter every day. It's consistency. So, and that, the, the reason that's important is because you can't go viral. If you're just tweeting here and there, like the chances of you going viral is so much less than if you're tweeting good content every day. Like then one of them will probably hit that algorithm, hit the right people's timelines, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's what's happened. Like the reel that went viral for me I don't necessarily think is like my best work. Um, it's just so happened to have hit at the right time. And I had, a, and the crazy thing is I had a real right behind it 
that had picked up some traction as well. And that's now surpassing. So I had two in a row. One's at 800,000. The other one's at 900,000. And so they just picked up steam back, back to back because people were going back to my page, looking at my stuff and then clicking on it. So I think it's just, do you have stuff like, and then if you have a lot of stuff up, at least on Instagram, it was like, I was giving people a reason to then follow um, because they were like, oh, she turns out funny content. Like I want to see, I, I imagine, yeah. um, because let I'm me posting- stick around. Yeah. So I think that's what happened, but like, I wouldn't have had that real gone viral if I was just posting once a week. Like it just, I think it's because not all my reels have those numbers. Like a lot of them are just normal and it's just every once in a while, like one will hit and therefore like the other ones will start to gain numbers. Cause someone go- then people go back to the page. So it's like, you know, I think mine did convert to followers, but it's not necessarily because of that one thing. That one thing helped, but it's because there's the other stuff there yeah. too. The and I infrastructure do think Instagram behind and Twitter it. are different platforms. Definitely. And they all are. And what's going to go viral on TikTok is not going to work on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or vice versa. So um, unless you are, the one exception I think is if you're a musician and you have like one performance video go viral, you do a great cover on TikTok or YouTube or something, and that gets you signed to a record deal. That's the only way I can see like one post taking you into the stratosphere. Otherwise, if you're just a host, an actor, I don't think it's like what Sarah said, you got to have that body of work to back up everything you're doing. Where I have been getting more followers is doing another part of my existing job. And this has been a fun update with the Mets. I've been doing a lot of cool stuff. The season had started already before we went on our hiatus. But since then, I started hosting a new post game show for us. Every time the team wins, we go live on the Mets Twitter account on Spaces, which is like Clubhouse or I think Facebook has its new thing. It's like a live audio drop-in chat show and fans get to ask questions of me and talk about the game and we're all just kind of hanging out for a half hour recapping things and that's been great and a real blast and to your point going live there's nothing like it it's super exciting and you do have to prep and you do have to be ready but there's nothing like reacting to what's happening in the moment whether it's something that just happened in a baseball game or it's a crazy question you get from a fan or it's a really cool reaction you get from somebody so um, that's been great and has helped me build a, a much better bond with the Mets Twitter fans. So any of you guys, if you want to jump in, make sure to follow the Mets or me on Twitter, me preferably first, but the Mets too. make it a combo deal. And then anytime the Mets win a game, look on their Twitter or mine, um, right after, and we go live and it's all about you no know, fan interaction and actually talking and hearing your voice. It's not just uh, emojis or, or a live chat or whatever text wise, it's, it's real audio. So um, that's been a blast. So join us there. Um, also join us in person if you're in the New York City area, because we're up to 33,000 people capacity now starting next week at the stadium. So things are getting back to a little bit more normal when it comes to COVID. And then my other big update, I have two Finally started my business, Sarah, which we had talked about here on the show. I it's live. You. you you linked it as your SoundCloud on your viral Twitter. Yes, exactly. Which a lot of people didn't know that, like, didn't get the joke. They thought I it was thought my it was actual funny. SoundCloud, right? No, but it was funny. Oh, I appreciated thank you. it. Thank you, thank you. Um, that's who that's who I tweet for the people that actually understand how, the internet and that, my sense of humor. How is it going? Do you have some any clients yet? So that's the rub. The good news is I've launched my business. The bad news is after a month, I haven't had one paying customer yet, but we're working on it. So 
Um, I have had some people reach out. It's, right. it's hard too. I get it. Cause it's not going to be, at least until this becomes a thing, it's not going to be the type of business where people just find me and sign up for something and hand over their credit card right away. People understandably want to maybe chat with me first, do like a 10 minute introductory chat, see if we're a right fit. And I'm, you know, I'm getting that too. So I'm talking to some people, some aspiring hosts that are interested in potentially working with me. And hopefully those seeds that are getting planted now will uh, blossom into something, but yeah, it's live now. So anybody of you guys listening, check out MikeJanellaMedia.com. I'm coaching. uh, I'm doing, you know, feedback. If you're an aspiring on-camera personality and you want some feedback on if you're doing things right or wrong, how to find jobs, what's working what's not professionally. There's even really like entry level stuff. I think my cheapest products are like $19 and you can get a a, a course that I created, which is over uh, 20,000 words of material. I counted them all on a Google doc and it's like, it's a, yeah, it's like a legit book. I'm really proud of the amount of work I put into it or a bunch of interviews that I did with people in other parts of the industry that you can learn from. Sarah Priebus included uh, is one of the uh, one of the master classes that you can get for the low, low price of just $19 with a bunch of other people. So if you or anyone you know are interested in making what we do for a living part of what you do for a career, check out the website. There's plenty of places there to drop me emails and we can chat and figure it out without you having to invest any money yet. And then if you really want to go to that next level of working with me one-on-one individually or getting some of the products that I offer without having to work with me even one-on-one, it's all there. And tell everyone you know. And as a bonus, I love saying this because it makes me feel super uh, professional. Just for listeners of this show, you get a coupon code, a discount code. Use code MJM10. That stands for Mike Janella Media 10. MJM10. Get you 10% off any product at MikeJanellaMedia.com just for listeners of Living the Damn Dream. So there you go. Look How's at that sound? Yeah. Wow. So official. Our only sponsors on this show are ourselves. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we take what we can that. get. I love it. And then my last news, Sarah, I've got an agent for the first time ever. Yay! Round of applause for me. Um, yeah, and, and this goes to the point that we've talked about on the show before about what networking really is. And it's not just cold emailing people or, or messaging someone on LinkedIn that you've never talked to before. It's relationship building and it's keeping in touch with people and it's using who you know to meet new people. And uh, I'm not going to give them away because I don't want to, you know, give away too much uh, personal information, but this agency, they're a big one. They've represented a number of uh, network hosting talent and still do. Um, And it's someone that I was introduced to five years ago by another host friend of mine. And at the time it was, yeah, we don't have any room for you on our roster. We got a lot of people that are kind of doing the same thing you do. Let's stay in touch, whatever, whatever. And I've stayed in touch and it's been five years, but finally, when I reached out about a month ago, it was, oh, I'm so glad you reached out. We've actually been you know, restructuring, taking on new talent. I'd love to introduce you to the head of the agency, see what they think, talk to our VPs, whatever. And after a couple of weeks, they decided to offer me an actual contract, which I've never had before with a talent agent. So just goes to show you guys, networking is the long game. It's having to stay in touch. You got to put in the work, but eventually that stuff does pay off. So hopefully 
within a month or two, I'll have the Sarah problem where I have 50 million jobs that I'm going to book and have to, you know, pick my favorite ones. In reality, if you've heard us talk about agents on this show in the past, it's probably going to lead to nothing but a lot of extra frustration, but you can always hope for the best, right? I don't know. I feel, who knows what your experience will be like. It's funny because I was just talking to, I'm like, do I get another agent? Cause I didn't bring my agent in on my deal. And I'm like, I could have maybe gotten more money, but now it'd feel weird bringing them in because we're already so far along. So, right. you know, it's, it's weird. And, and I, yeah, I'm just trying to think of too, like, I, I am ready, I think for to be seen and considered for bigger types of shows at this point. And I don't feel like I'm getting those opportunities. So I'm like, but I'm with a very le- legitimate agency for hosting. So I'm not sure it's something that I'm, I'm exploring and again, going to potentially use some of my connections that I've made off of this job and the new footage to, you know, start conversations. So it's, it's also just finding the right fit. Like I, I want someone who is very excited about me and I don't think that they're, yes, their name needs to be, be big enough to be able to open those doors and have those connections to get you those job opportunities. But like, it's finding that sort of middle ground. So I'm curious to hear how it goes for you. Um, and again, I think it's something that I have to dive back into at this point in, in, in all the things, not just hosting. Like I haven't gotten a single TV and film audition. That's really not great. And so my commercial agent's working very, very hard for me and I love her, but everyone else has kind of, I've given them a pass because of COVID and I don't know if they deserve a pass any longer. Because there, there are jobs out there and things are opening up and yeah, compassion only goes so far and that's got to be their job. And like you said, a big brand name is great, but you need someone that's going to want to fight for you. The Jerry Maguire, right? That's, you need that person that's going to be waving the flag for you. So um, yeah, we'll see. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, It's been a long time coming. I remember my first ever time that I sent an email to an agent asking, Hey, I'd love to be represented. Would love to talk was 2009. And everyone always asks me like when I'm talking to college kids or young hosts, like, how do you get an agent? Can you find work without one? Like, do you need one? And I tell them, look, I've been trying for over a decade and I never had one and I've still done all right for myself. But like you said, it's those it's that next level of opportunities, you know, jumping up that people who can open doors that you and I can't, that's when that hopefully comes into play. So yeah, yeah we'll see how it goes and hopefully uh, good stuff for you and me both coming up. All we'll right. see. It's time for our casting call of the week. And I sadly do not really have any, cause I, I while I have been searching again, I, and, and I, I'm excited to hear if you have one, it's like there, I feel like they have gotten so terrible. Like, there, there's a lot of extra work coming up, background acting type work coming up in my feeds, and I don't want to see that, and I don't know why it's coming up. Or like, again, the jobs are just not great. I haven't seen anything like funny not great. It's just, just not bad. great, you know? Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm back in the pool now looking on a regular basis. I'm going to start saving some stuff. But in the meantime, Grant Wilfrey and all these other back background acting casting services, they need to get off. Like, this is not, in my opinion, there needs to be a separate filter for like where they're finding their actors. Like it is flooding my inbox and it's driving me. It's on actors access too. It's driving me bananas. Yeah. There's a lot of, and we've talked about these on the show in the past where it's like this whole thing. And then you get to the end and it's, zero dollars or it's background work or whatever. And 
it, nothing wrong with that. But like you say, there's got to be a better way to filter that stuff out from the stuff that's, you know, a little bit more substantial. And also that seems to be all that's being shared these yeah. days. I don't know if people are on early summer vacation or whatever, but yeah, it has been dry. To, to cheer us up, I do have one casting call and it's a funny one, thankfully. And it's something that maybe you guys could do if you're listening here, because the reason it caught my eye was that it's all over the place, but it's not bad money. So here it is. It's, they're looking for a major TV network documentary. And documentary, you would think it's real, right? They want to talk to real people about real things. But there's five roles they're looking for. One is they're looking for a guy who resembles a young Dustin Hoffman circa Midnight Cowboy. Um, I don't know where that's going or like what qualifications you need besides looking exactly like Dustin Hoffman then. But that's one of the roles. Then they're also looking for someone who's frustrated that their neighbors are always airbnb out their apartment. They're looking for someone who suffers or struggles with sleep paralysis. They're looking for someone who has invented something in their sleep and want to know what that invention is. And they want to know, they want to cast someone who really regrets making a big purchase on an unusual item, like a boat or an aquarium that they later regretted. What documentary can you imagine that all five of these roles will be involved in this same subject matter? I, I've, it blew my mind. That is so specific and crazy it's so weird the good yeah. news though if any of these apply to you they're paying four hundred dollars for a 30 minute to one hour interview on camera in the new york city area that's not bad for one hour's worth of work and if you're doing this if this isn't your main career and you only make that you don't have to put it on your taxes if you make less than six hundred dollars in a job so 400 bucks is that nice sweet spot where you're you're just basically pocketing free money. Um, it's Kate Antonini casting. I hope I'm saying her name right. I but she's put her Gmail out there. You know her? I've auditioned for her before. Yeah, she's she's legit. She's mm -hmm. legit? Yeah. All right, there you go. Perfect. So you can reach out to Kate. It's K-A-N-T-O-G-N-I at gmail.com. And again, the, the things they're looking for, they're looking for someone who resembles a young Dustin Hoffman. They're looking for someone whose neighbors are always airbnb their apartment, someone with sleep paralysis, someone who's invented something in their sleep, or a person who really regrets buying a very expensive, unusual item. Drop Kate a note. And uh, we won't even ask for commission if you get those $400. You guys just enjoy that all for yourselves because we want you to live the damn dream just like we've been. And, and no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I pulled Mike. Um, yeah, no, I mean, truly, I think it's been a real testament to the work we've put in and what this podcast is all about, uh, this needing to take off the last five weeks or so. So really excited to be coming back to you guys on a high. It feels so good to be back. Um, I'm, you know, can't wait to you know, get some new guests on here for you, tackle some, some subjects that have been coming up for us. Um, and in the meantime, we're gonna keep living the damn dream.